Which one? Uh, wait, am I top or bottom? You're, you're bottom. <laughs> <laughs> because if nothing else, we are both awkward. Hola, podlings. This is Chris. And Bex. And we're your hosts of Dark Arts and Crafts. I think that's the best intro I've done out of all of them so far. Which is a grand total of two, so (laughs) aim high. (laughs) Hey, best two out of three, best one out of three. I'm still failing. (laughs) Whatever. It's cool. Let's go. We are talking about the curse of the movie Poltergeist. And really, I feel like we need to preface this saying that this whole episode has been cursed. We This is the second time we've recorded this. Uh, the first time we blatantly said that we do not believe in curses and this is all bullshit. And then that episode just disappeared, disappeared into the ether. So I might be a little more tactful this yeah, time. Yeah, I don't think we're just going to full out go... Because we really went hard last time. Because I think time. at this point, this point, maybe we're not to, to quote the line, not superstitious, but maybe just a little stitious. Stitious, just just a wee stitious. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna go so far as to go pee on someone's grave, and I feel like we we might have almost went into that territory. We were, yeah, it was hard. We we were not kind. No. So let's let's start a little bit kinder. Now this curse uh, is fairly well known. Uh, the instigating incident that started the curse or that that makes people believe that there is a curse is that this show poltergeist the original movie used real skeletons in one of the scenes and people juicy juicy. that's (laughs) not a word i want to associate with skeletons no uh well they kind of were i i hope no, they were they were purchased from a medical supply store, so they they were not purchased juicy. They were juiced in the process. <laughs> they department. Up. <laughs> so maybe, just maybe, they didn't appreciate being rejuiced. Basically, what we're getting at is that they were perfectly sterile skeletal structures of previously living people, and then. The art department for Poltergeist, or the set deck department, whatever they like to call it on film. Uh, props, I props. assume. Props. I'm, I'm a theater yes, person. I'm not being a film way person, too complicated but on let's this. Let's just say props. Yeah. So the prop department had to uh, grunge them up. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is currently, you know, you buy a plastic skeleton from wherever, and the process of grunging it up is actually called corpsing a skeleton, which <laughs> just feels amazing in this context. So at the time, I actually looked into this because I, since we recorded our first failed episode, I actually did some research. So huzzah. <gasps> wow. I know. Um, at that time, it was actually fairly commonplace to do that it, because plastic skeletons in 82 weren't really something you could pick up for Home Depot. So what a film would have to do is they'd have to like hire someone to sculpt and build a full-on skeleton, which and that's is costly, huge cost. So if you see a skeleton in an old movie that doesn't have a big budget, it probably was a real skeleton because it was easy to just go to a medical supply store and buy one. And then if it was a production company, then they'd have skeletons in their stock. They had skeletons in their closet. They literally (laughs) had skeletons in their closet. Yeah, that brings to mind like Indiana Jones, uh, Temple of Doom. I'm pretty sure I read that those were also real skeletons. Like it was relatively common and I'm not sure when it didn't become common. 
yeah. like the 90s, I would hope. I, who knows? Who knows? The 80s were a wild time. They were such a wild time. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't part of that. I was just being born, but oh, still. <laughs> I, was, I was born in 81, so I lived a most little, of the yeah. 80s. Yeah. I was born in the latter half of the 80s, so like I love the 80s to pieces. I love all the movies. I love the music. Uh, some of the culture was a bit strange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh, was very much in the kick him outside, come back when the streetlights come on, run feral sort of yeah, childhood. Early 90s was also like that. Okay. I remember once I got home, it was like, get out of the house. Oh. And then you stayed out until it started getting dark. And then you were like, hmm, maybe I should go home. Not because of, like there was anything scary going on, but just because, you know, they made dinner for you and you weren't home for dinner. What's oh, up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually, if we're talking about old, I distinctly remember my first time ever going on the internet. And I feel like that's a generational uh, thing. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have gone unsurprisingly on a tangent back to the curse. The curse. So that was the instigating factor that makes people believe there is a curse. However, since it was a commonplace thing at the time, yeah, I think it was more promotional. There are two cast member deaths that are the that are most well noted. Yes. Yeah. To be part of the curse. Let's let's speak about Dominic Dunn first. Does that make sense? Yeah, she's the the very first one which lent the most credence, but it wasn't the most well known of all of them. Right. That that one will come later. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Dominic Dunn was the older sister in the family. Um, she was the one, I mean, her role in the movie wasn't as juicy, let's say. The word of the day The word, is the word juicy. of the day of juicy. Um, she We're was talking about skeletons and it's juicy. juicy. She was a typical, you know, it, the part was a typical, stereotypical teen girl with very little substance. And I wasn't a huge fan of the role, but that had more to do with the script than the actress. She was actually murdered by her ex-boyfriend while she was 22. The uh, human garbage that did it, his name was is John Sweeney, and he had a history of violence. There was one incidence where he had given her bruises and whatnot, and that was right before she had a role, where the role was a person who had been beat up by a spouse and they didn't actually need to use makeup. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, I can't remember. It sounded like uh, this happened just before the movie was released. So I don't even think she got to see the theatrical release. She didn't get to be at the premiere. She didn't get to see this movie for what it ended up being. Mm. Um, but basically, she had broken up with him maybe a week or two before uh, the incident occurred. He tracked her down and strangled her to the point that she fell into a coma. Uh, she survived the initial attack, but then she passed away five days later. Yeah. She was at her house at the time reading lines with uh, a friend. Well, yeah, I don't remember if it was a friend or someone who she had a role with in an upcoming shoot, but he heard it happening because she had gone outside to talk to the ex and he had heard the commotion and phoned the police and uh, yeah I remember us talking yeah. about this because we were like why didn't you go outside well he immediately phoned the police and was told that this wasn't in their jurisdiction now I I was when I was doing my research somebody interpreted that as domestic violence isn't in their purview but no 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 looking into it further it was no he 
this was a time, so this happened in 1982. They were in LA. 911 wasn't a thing until 1984. So what so did he call? He phoned a number of a police district, like a police direct line, oh. and it wasn't in their zone. So it took longer because they had to track down the right the department. Right department. Oh. So it's not just like it was a, we don't service that area yeah, because so he, there he wasn't a centralized. The he knew, and he's from like the south end of town. Yeah. And like, they only did the north. I so. remember there being like a magnet on the fridge that had the numbers on like because you or yeah. you might have had to look in a phone this book. This is a perfect but. reason why 911 comes into existence is exactly. to centralize it because God. Yeah. Could you imagine if like potentially if 911 had existed the potential that she could have maybe survived that attack and when you have to nowadays call 911 and get an ambulance like seconds it's, matter oh yeah yeah i got more and more angry as i looked into oh yeah I the was trial super angry about his sentencing and well it's not just the sentencing like that judge was oh he's not one of those ones that was like she had it coming well like, what was she wearing it was not quite that however i wouldn't be surprised if that had something to do with it but the defense attorney had even petitioned that oh, so uh this person john sweeney had a history of violence and one of his exes that he had beaten wanted to testify to show a pattern of behavior and the judge basically said well you can't judge someone for their past behavior like yeah 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 you can actually so they wouldn't allow anybody to basically how would give, that work in a serial killer case yeah like, like, well, like well, you he, he killed that guy like a week ago. That's in the past. It doesn't count. I'm sure he's learned. Uh-huh. And, and they had also petitioned that any of the family, if they started to show any emotion, they were told they had to leave the courtroom because that emotion could sway the jury. Her mother was in a wheelchair, and that defense attorney tried to petition that the mother couldn't be in the courtroom because oh, the sympathy. fact that she, because of uh, eliciting sympathy. And that's... It's like, Oh, yeah. That's kind of... The first word that comes to mind to me is that's kind of evil. Like, it may not be evil, but it seems just kind of odd. Sketchy as all get out. Yeah. Yeah. So he was convicted of the lower sentence of manslaughter, even though he had a distinct history of beating up people he was in a relationship with. But uh, even her and... mm. Yeah, we could go on for quite a while with that part, but... Uh, in the end result, uh, Sweeney was convicted of voluntary manslaughter. He was sentenced to six years in prison, only six years. But the even more frustrating part was that he served around three. Like, three years. Yeah, yep. just three years. Mm-hmm. So he straight up murdered someone with his own hands. Yeah. And I feel like he got away with it. Oh, yeah. Well, and he is most definitely a danger to others because he's done it before. He claimed that he lost his temper and just sort of blacked out. It's like, well, that means that you have the capacity to do that again. Let's learn from that. I also think it's kind of funny um, because the one article that I read, he changed his name. Yeah. But his name is listed. Mm -hmm. It's John Mora. So it's like, why would you bother changing your name if someone can just find out that you changed your name? Oh, well. So that's number one. That's number one. I personally don't like that this is attributed to a curse because if you say it's part of a curse, it kind of feels like you are diminishing the responsibility of the guilty party. I agree. And that doesn't sit well with me. So that's why I just don't I just don't like that it's... And that's part of the reason why we start going on the I don't believe in the curse tangent was because everything on this list that is tragic 
is tragic in its own right. Yeah. You don't need to add a secondary causality to it, and it sensationalizes it, and it makes it diminished. Yeah, and and as horribly tragic as this is, I actually looked up a statistic. So here, oh yeah, um, because this happened in the states, I'll give the U.S. one. Now, this statistic I found is from 2005, so take that as it will. But on average, there are three women killed a day by a spouse or intimate partner. That's, that's a that, lot. That sucks. So that is unfortunately not an unheard of situation. I wish I could remember exactly how this comedian said it, but there is a comedian that basically said, "Look up to your spouse. Look lovingly into their eyes." This is most likely the person that will kill you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and because we are Canadian, I also looked up the Canadian one. Um, and it is a more recent statistic, I think from 2019. Um, every six days, a woman is killed by their partner in Canada. Did they happen to have like the flip side statistic to that? Because I, I know it'll be significantly lower, but it would be interesting to know uh, how many male spouses. I do not know that. That is interesting. That's something that I won't should look up i don't know yeah it would just be of like i know it is extremely slanted towards uh female violence like violence against females uh but that is a terrible statistic oh yes yes all right uh moving on to the next one do you want to take this one uh depends is it we're gonna gonna go to the second most important one or actually the one that is the most important as far as the actual curse, the one that took off the most and is the one most synonymous with the curse. Yes. Uh, and that is the death of Heather O'Rourke, which was the little girl in all of the movies. With the up, exception of the new one. With yeah. the exception of the 2015 remake. Reboot? Re- yeah. We're not sure. We never watched it. I did. Uh, oh, you did. Right. I did. I watched all of the originals, and you somehow watched managed to watch the first and... The first and the last. First and the last. I skipped the middle. It's probably for the best because the third one was. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So Heather O'Rourke is the most famous and most attached to the curse. Uh, she, like I said, was the little girl that played the "They're Here" little girl, <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, she passed away. Uh, just before the last movie of the original series was released and she passed away at the age of 12 and she passed away due to a obstruction in her bowels which was misdiagnosed her original diagnosis was that she had Crohn's disease uh, and they were injecting her with cortisol and because of the medication that she was on and because of the disease that they thought she had it was causing her cheeks to Um, become extremely inflamed and you can see that throughout the course of the uh, movies how she like she was hired because she had a very cherubic looking facial features and looked extremely adorable and had big chipmunk cheeks basically Mm -hmm. but they those were accentuated by the disease or by the uh, the medical issue that she was having yeah Um, and while again this is extremely tragic it was also uh, a bowel defect that was from birth so she had it all of her life. It just didn't become an issue until that age. So it's hard to consider it a curse if it existed prior to the movies being made. Exactly. So extremely tragic, not a curse. No. Which likewise, because uh, there are a few different medical uh issues that come up in this one so we could basically say number three is in direct relation to that is the uh quote unquote unexpected death of julian beck yeah uh so 
You didn't watch the second movie, but no. he is the main baddie in the second movie. He is the man known as Henry Kane. Uh, he's an evil preacher. He creepy as fuck. Like awesome. seriously, he is okay. the creepiest thing. Um, but part of the reason why he's creepy is because before he even started filming the movie, he had been diagnosed with uh, stomach cancer. It was aggressive, and he knew going into this film that this would be the last film he would make. Right. So he passed away, I believe it was a year after that movie was released. Um, and yet it got attributed to the curse, even though it was years before he was involved with the movie that he was diagnosed, and it was a year after the movie came out that he passed away. Right, right. Well, and then there is another one, uh, and again, a movie I did not see, but Will Sampson. Um, he was in the third? I think he was in the second one. Okay. Yes, he was also in the second in the, one. Also in the second one. And he passed away due to an infection after he had a full heart and lung transplant. And I figure if you are having a full heart and lung transplant, it's probably a bit touch and go. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of stress on your internal systems yeah. to go through that much. So, And secondary infections are very common yeah. when you do any surgery, really, and then having a basically a double surgery. Yeah. That, that would be immensely difficult to go through. Um, he was 53. I don't remember the name of his character in Poltergeist 2, but he was... Chief Bromden in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, well, so he's go. the one that puts the pillow over top of Nicolas Cage's... Or not <laughs> Nicolas Cage? <laughs> no, no. Wait, I, I, would so, I want that movie. Can we make that movie? Yeah, let's make that movie. I am low-key obsessed with Nicolas Cage <sighs> and the ridiculous movies, but we will get there. We will. We will get there. We, we have a cherished idea oh. for him. Oh. No, uh, Nicholas. What am... Oh. We'll edit this part a little bit out. <laughs> Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. There Jack you go. Nich yeah, wow. Not Nicholas. Yes, Jack Nicholson. Okay, let, wow. do we want to give you a moment and we can... Here, now you, you come up with it. Is it Jack Nicholson? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Let's try this again. Because I said... I wanted oh to God. say Nicholas Cage again. You wanted to say Nicholas Cage again? <laughs> the look on your face there was amazing. I'm like, my brain is like, no, not him. Pick anyone else but him. <laughs> Uh, okay. Nicholas Cage. No. 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 <laughs> Jack. Here's the curse of Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Hey, you said it amazing. Okay, now we can okay. move on. Oh, my God. Now, this next one, I think you probably have way more information than I do because I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of it until you had commented on it on our first failed recording. And that is Lou Perryman, who had a really minor, minor role in the first one. He was a construction worker. Is that what he was? Yeah. I tried to look up his character and I couldn't find what he was. So his character in the first, the first movie is yeah. Pugsley. That's what his name is. And could Amazing. I find anywhere when I was trying to find out who this character was? No. No, no I had heard that, yes, no, in, in my research it was he was a construction worker. Okay, because uh, I thought he was one of the two uh, assistants to the psychic. Uh, no. No. No, it turns out that's not the case. No. Uh, but at any rate, so with Lou Perryman, he was murdered. He was murdered many, 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 many years after this movie. Uh, so he was 67 at the time. And he was literally killed by an axe murderer. Which, I admit, not common. No, very that one, much. <laughs> that one's on the rare side. Um, and I've seen pictures of him, and he I recognize him, but I couldn't say from what movie I recognize him in, but I recognize him as an 
older man. So it was right. probably one of his last movies that I saw him in and made some sort of attachment to that. But at any rate, he died again when he was in his older years, many, many moons after the Poltergeist movies. Mm. Uh, he was living in Austin, Texas at the time. He was murdered in 2009 by a man named Seth Christopher Tatum. Um, who admitted to killing him and wanting to steal his car. Uh, he, had, he was an ex-con. He had a history of illness, mental illness, I should say. Um, and then when this happened... Can I say it's kind of horrible that I want to watch So I Married an Ex-Murderer again? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so what happened was basically Tatum was released from prison. He hadn't been out very long. Um, he was having some issues. I recall there being some sort of issue with his mother... Um, but because he was mentally unstable and was unable to seek proper help, he uh, then started to drink a lot. And he was in basically a drunken rage and just decided to leave his house basically at random. I remember he there was something about him. I think he beat his mother up. But then he proceeded to randomly pick Lou Perryman's house, uh, entered, and proceeded to kill him with the axe. Ooh. Mental health help is important. It very much is. Very much important. But it was just very sad because it was literally entirely random. He didn't yeah. know Lou Perryman from Adam. Yeah. He didn't know him from anything. Well, I think those are all of the deaths. And again, they're either so far away from the movie and or completely natural causes that it's hard to attribute them to any one thing. Uh, in addition to that, I mean... There were a lot of movies. There were a lot of people working on those movies. If you take any series or any amount of people with those numbers over that course of time, there's going to be strange shit that happens. Oh, I'm sure That's, if we dug into it, we, we could find a curse of... Star Wars curse. I yeah. want to look for a Star <laughs> Wars curse. We, we, yes, we could very tenuously string some things together, and oh, I yeah. bet it would stick. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, one of them could be Harrison Ford, because he, I'm pretty sure he was in a plane Isn't crash. Isn't he a pilot, too? Yeah. Yeah. He was in a plane crash, and I was like, I was like, no, no more Indiana Wait, Jones. And didn't Carrie Fisher die, like, in a plane? In a plane crash. <gasps> Not a plane crash, but in a plane. Oh, yes, sorry. She died in a, on, in, she had a cardiac yes. arrest, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. On a plane. See, there we go. We have just made our own. Okay. Yes. The, it's the curse of the Star Wars. Airplane. Don't go in if you've worked on those yet yeah, no <laughs> scratch that uh speaking of airplanes <laughs> yes yes oh and this is the one that i have some additional news on oh wicked yes. so this one wasn't an, a death it was a near-death experience so richard lawson he was one of the actors that was portraying an assistant to the yes. psychic yes uh he was in a near-death experience where he was on a flight airplane crashed it was commercial flight in 1992 he survived. However, 27 out of 51 passengers died. That is uh, more than 50%. <laughs> See, now this is where I say that this is counter-curse. Me too. <laughs> because he is a lucky SOB for a couple of reasons. One, so when I was looking into it, he actually had bought just a standard ticket and someone had recognized him and then bumped him up to first class. Oh. <laughs> and the story that I heard was the person who then was assigned his seat had died in the crash, his original oh, seat. No way. So that's not, that's the opposite of a curse. Now here is the additional thing. This is more recent. So he lived on, happy life. He is, he ended up marrying Beyonce's mom. No. He is Beyonce's really? stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. So 
not cursed. I'm going to go out on a limb and say not cursed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go with lucky SOB. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were also some little things that happened during filming. Um, the son did a scene with this damned creepy animatronic clown. Oh my god, I hate that thing. That thing is evil personified. And I guess it malfunctioned during the filming and actually started to choke him. Oh, and, I remember reading that. And then, of course, they think that he's just doing a really good job acting. So they didn't quite realize until his face started to turn blue that he was actually choking. And then they had to like... And they're like, Fry oh, off this evil clown. The same thing happened with uh, Heather O'Rourke. So they were doing like that scene where everything's getting sucked into the spiritual portal. Yeah. And she's screaming her head off, but they didn't realize she wasn't acting. She was actually genuinely frightened. And like once they realized that, they stopped the filming yeah. and they sat her down. And like, are you okay? And she's like, yes, I'm okay. But. Um, the facial features that you see during that take it was the only take they took. Yeah. After that, they used a doll. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, and again, I mean, that seems kind of creepy, but that's something that happens. Like in, in Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox almost got hung. Like yeah, there's in a that, lot of almost near accident yes. things because it's hard to tell when someone's like if, if they're if they're acting like they are. Yeah, if you're supposed to act like you're in distress, how do people know unless yeah. it's like, use the safe word banana? <laughs> well, and there was, what's another one? Um, that mute magician one where she's underwater. Sorry, use the safe word juicy. Use the safe <laughs> Oh my God, safe word juicy. Could that be like, <laughs> I mean, I'm picturing some very inappropriate t-shirts. Um, <laughs> oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> We're not getting back from that. No. Um, Just stop it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there and other little things like the actress who played the mother, uh, jo, Be jo Beth Williams, had claimed that when she got home from filming, the pictures in her house were kind of askew. For the second movie, um, Will Sampson. I, I feel like it's oh. misquoted because they said that he did an exorcism on the set yes. because of the quote-unquote curse from the first movie. Yes. I he, don't think so. I think it was a smudging. Yes, he, uh, no. he was a shaman, and uh, all of the reports, it says an exorcism. I don't know if, I mean, not being hugely familiar with that culture, that word seems, seems very tied ca to Catholic, Christian sort of religion. So I'm going on a limb and saying it was probably a smudging, which does the similar thing. It rids it, you of spirits and unfriendly vibes. or Yeah. Cleanses the area. Yeah, I'm clearly very in the know. <laughs> the I am not, here. and I don't want to pretend that I am. No, I just, it, exorcism gave pause because exorcism is very strongly associated with, like, Roman Catholicism. And, and is it exorcism for, like, demon possession and not, it is. And not like, ghosty yeah, things? Yeah, because you're literally trying to excise yeah. a spirit from someone's body. Yeah. which is why it's exorcism. Whereas you wouldn't do that with a poltergeist because uh, there's a difference between spirit, demon, ghost, poltergeist. Like there's actual different yeah. definitions for them. And with poltergeist or whatever was going on with that particular curse, uh, it, it didn't qualify under that definition. So exorcism would be a kind of misplacement of use of your spiritual power, which is maybe why it didn't work. Hey. The, the other one that I'm going to, my last one that I'm going to bring up was kind of my favorite just because it's a little ridiculous. James Kahn, who had nothing to do with the movies, but he wrote the novelization of the movies. He was writing the novel in his apartment or whatnot. And he claims, I'm going to put big old quotes about this, that when he wrote the line, 
Lightning streaked the sky. A lightning bolt hit the building that he was in, and the power went out, and then the TV turned on, and a video game started to play itself. Ooh. Although that is actually possible it with is. a lightning strike. Oh, totally. But totally. it's not paranormal. No, and it's like, it, and I also feel like if you are writing and there is a lightning storm happening, maybe you will write about lightning because it is something, you know, you write what you know. Anyway, we have talked exhaustively about curses. Let's talk about crafts. Craft. Or lack thereof. Or craft singular. <laughs> Yes, singular craft. So you would think with all the time since November trying to record this episode that I would have put together anything. <laughs> You'd think. But but you would think wrong. No. I, I, however, was a keener. And by keener, I mean... We didn't even do anything yet and she'd had this made. Well, because it was fun. Okay. When we had first decided to do this, I had the idea of... Well, I got the idea of on November 1st to actually, why don't I corpse a skeleton? Because that, like, I can get a plastic skeleton and I and that would be a fun craft. And I decided to do that on November 1st when there were no skeletons to be had. Uh, so, yes, we're on to Valentine's Day by then. I, I know, come on. So I scrapped that and decided, okay, well, I didn't want to do the stereotypical image that you see in all of the media with the TV and the static in the hands. But then I thought, you know what? Yeah, it was one of those things. And yet... And yet that is exactly what I did. Um, and I also was ho hoping to get a little farther than, you know, episode two before I did something that I normally do, one of my um, standard crafts. But it just kind of lent itself to it so perfectly that I had to. And it's amazing. And it's lovely. And we will post pictures. Um, I did a stained glass TV with, and I sculpted hands out of, Fimo sort of airbake clay and uh, made a 3D TV with sort of streaky glass for the screen and the hands are coming up from behind and they're shadowy and it's when it's in the sun it looks creepy and lovely and it's amazing and we will show pictures uh, I really particularly like the haze on the front well and that's just it. I knew I had a glass that was gray with white streaks that would fit that perfectly and I had a glass that I hadn't used and had for years that was kind of wood grainy. So it's very much an old school 80s oh, TV it, that's it wood. It freaking looks amazing. Like I'm holding it up right now to a light and you can see the shadow cast from the little hands. And it's like, oh, this is so creepy. Sculpting the little hands was the bane of my existence. I am not a detail sculptor. I am a... Also, hands suck. Like, hands suck. When it, when it comes to any craft, hands suck. They Feet do. Suck. They do. I'm just so happy that they're kind of in shadow. So I was able to, you know, have a little bit of liberties in there. So I love the little knobs, too. Those are uh, cute. Yes, I sculpted the little knobs. I ended up doing those out of a um, milliput, actually, because I, I um, was having difficulties because they're so small. I was having difficulties doing the... Um, air bake clay and then transferring it onto what I needed to bake it on without wrecking it. So I just did an air dry that I had just because it made my life easier. Hey, it works. Yeah. It works really well. Yep. Um, I had a concept for my craft. So, and I think it was going to be pretty much the same thing. I was going to do a diorama of the room that the TV was in and also have the TV. What I was going to do is I was going to, we have tons and tons of foam core board everywhere in this building. <laughs> oh, yep. So I was basically just going to take that and chop it up into the, the pieces that I need. So like, you know, mm -hmm. make the walls and the floor, make the TV and the bed and all that stuff with that. And then I was going to use, I have vellum paper mm -hmm. uh, and I was going to use that as the front part of the TV. And then I was going to use a tea light to put underneath it. And I was just going to basically use paper craft and cut out 
hands with paper and kind of come up with a similar kind of thing but you know with foam core and paper so it's going to be basically 90 percent of paper craft do you want paper craft i want to i want to try quilling me too maybe we'll try uh, i actually do have some quilling stuff oh there you go yeah anyway all of the crafts that we want to do yes and Mm -hmm. to see pictures of the one and only craft (laughs) (laughs) over a three-month period the one Mm -hmm. and only craft that actually managed to get made uh please check us out on instagram at dark arts and crafts pod so dark arts and crafts p o d pod for our podlings on that note, can I tell a little? I realized this morning an, an, an end of a person, like an end of a person. Through, Who no, are you personhanding? No. Um, to end it with a little personal story about a curse. I had totally forgotten that I have a cursed object. You have a cursed object? Well, kind of. Okay. So here's the story, and I forgot about it until I, this morning when I was getting ready to go to work. A couple of years ago, my grandmother passed away. She was in her mid 90s. It wasn't, um, I'm not wearing it. <laughs> okay. I got it's very just, alarmed because okay. she looked down at her wrist and I was like, oh yeah. my God, oh, it you has brought to do- it here? No, but it has to do with it. So when she had passed, we had a memorial and the family was there. And we were going through jewelry and, you know, divvying up sounds so horrible, but, you know. You were bequeathing the items that she wanted yes. people to have. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things that I was drawn to, I... I had never seen her wear them. I had never seen anything like it. They were new to me, but you know how you, sometimes you just have an affinity towards something and they were two bracelets and they are, and again, I could take pictures and show. I'm wearing one right now, the the uncursed one. Okay, because I was about to say, yeah, you no, liar. I'm not, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, so they're metal band. They're kind of uh, goldy brassy and they're embossed and quite nice. And uh, so there's one that I wear and there's one that I don't wear anymore. The one that I don't wear is actually my preferred one out of the two. Um, it just had more detail. It had my grandmother's initials, like, but from her maiden name, so prior to her being married. But it was also beaten up. Like, it, it looked like... It'd gone it gone through some things. It, it had gone through some things, but I thought that, that sort of added to the charm of it and the history of it. The first time I wore it, I was told that day that a uh, family member, a nephew, a child, had been rushed to the hospital. The second time I wore it, I was informed that he had passed. The third time I wore it, I was informed that, um, well, this is someone you might know, Chris. So someone who used to work with our front of house folks had been sent to palliative care and wasn't, and it wasn't looking good. And was like, you know, I'm not wearing this anymore. I feel like twice, yeah. three times in a row. I'm just, so it lives right now in a box in, in my room and it, is just going to continue to live in the box. Good choice. In my room. Good choice. Yeah. Although, you know, now that you were talking about you having a cursed item, I don't know why I didn't think of this till literally just now. So if you heard a snapping noise, that was me <laughs> realizing, oh shit, I have a cursed item. Yep. <laughs> I would never bring it here. It's a cookie jar. Oh, yeah. interesting. When I was younger, um, my grandma had, it's, it's, it's a pig head. <laughs> I love uh, it. Yes, I love this pig head to pieces, but um, it's the only item of hers that I ever wanted from her when she passed on. Mm-hmm. And when uh, when she did pass on, we were asked what we would like, and I, the first thing I asked for was this pig head. And everyone was mad at me, but it doesn't matter because I have it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this pig head, when I was younger, it didn't matter what you put in it, it would go stale. Oh. Literally anything you put in it, it would go stale. It was disgusting. Uh, and I always joke that it was cursed mm-hmm. because it, everything goes stale in it. 
Um, and then I recently was talking to my mom about that and making that joke. I'm like, hey, I finally found something that the curse can't get at too long. Tootsie Rolls. Oh, those things never go bad. Yeah, so I've been filling it with Tootsie Rolls ever since because you, like, it really <laughs> did not matter up till Tootsie Rolls, it would go stale. But it shrunk the Tootsie Rolls. Really? Yeah, I took a picture of the Tootsie Rolls from the original packaging yeah. that I left out and the stuff that I put in it, and it had shrunk to half the size. That's... So... The cookie jar is slowly eating away at the soul of the Tootsie Rolls. Um, so I mean, I am not a Tootsie Roll fan, so they're kind of soulless to me to begin <laughs> with. But, wow. It's interesting and weird. Just for the fun of it, I had taken a picture of this, sent it to my mom, and said, the, the curse of this p- piggy jar continues to this day. It's even affecting the Tootsie Rolls. And then my mom calls me. She's like, did I ever tell you where I got that from? I'm like, yeah, from, like, grandma, right? Yeah. And, and, like, the reason why I got it. She's like, well, n- no where we got it from and why it's grandma's cookie jar is really weird I'm like okay you remember we had a fire when I was a child right I'm like yeah you lived on a farm and the whole house had burnt to the ground Mm -hmm. and she's like yes so the whole house had burnt to the ground we never knew why it burnt to the ground and then we came back the next day after the flames had all been put out and we were looking through the rubble of our home trying to find things to salvage and sitting untouched on a table was this piggy that's amazing. And it's not theirs. <gasps> what? They never, ever had this thing before then. It did not exist in their house. So sitting in the <laughs> middle of the flaming embers <gasps> of their burnt down home on a untouched table was a cookie jar in the shape of a head. That, I love every single <laughs> bit of that. Oh my goodness. So it wow. is fucking cursed. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucks the soul of anything you put in it. <laughs> The devil's cookie jar. <laughs> I'll take a picture of it. Yes, I think we need to put our personal picture. We will post the craft and our cursed objects. And um, we will hopefully record an episode sooner than three months from now. I would like to maybe do a mini episode talking about, I actually did a call or two. So I would, I'm hesitant to say I worked at a theater. So I did a call or two at a theater that was legitimately built over a relocated cemetery. Ooh. And that theater <laughs> does have haunting stories that are kind of lovely, but I feel like they need a, maybe another we'll little- We'll spotlight mini, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do a little mini episode for those. So that's a little teaser for something yet to come. Ooh. Well, I guess on that note, this doesn't seem like we're ending it too awkwardly this time. Well, let's well, stop. Well, now I just yeah. said it. <laughs> well, that ship sailed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, toodles? Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> 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 Bye.